Hi, uh, today is May 8th, welcome to the Theta Game Podcast, the official podcast of ThetaGame.com. I'm your host, Juni, and thanks for tuning in. These are only my opinions, and anything said in this podcast and future podcast should not be considered financial advice. I have stock positions in NVIDIA. Thank you. Alright, uh, let's just get through earnings real quick, and let's talk about um, on Monday before open, you have the Trade Desk, Tyson, Energizer, Marriott, and I know a few people will be looking at Workhorse. Uh, after close on Monday, you have Roblox and The Win. Um, before open on Tuesday, you have Palantir, as well as Aramark. After close on Tuesday, you have Fubo, Unity, Lemonade, Upstart, Open Door, QuantumScape, and EA Gaming. <laughs> oh, before open on Wednesday, you have Wix as well as Wendy's. Uh, after close on Wednesday, uh, you have Wish and Jack in the Box. I think a few people trade Sonos, but I, I don't don't quote me on that. Before open on Thursday, you have Alibaba and Yeti, um, as well as Canada Goose. And then after close on Thursday, you have Disney, Airbnb, Aurora, and DoorDash. Uh, and then not so much anything on Friday. Notable companies for this week. Um, just seeing what the state of ad demand and supply is for um, just in general. The trade desk is usually a good indicator of that. Uh, just because they do ads for basically everybody. Um what else is there? It's going to be also interesting to see how Unity does after close on Tuesday um, because I see a lot of potential for the company. Uh, though, again, as mentioned, even in this podcast, I don't know how well licensing models scale um, beyond uh, just normal usage for businesses, like a B2B thing. Um, but it's done well for Adobe. So just knowing that Unity is you know, at the forefront of indie gaming and just like R&D type of stuff. I mean, it's pretty cool, but you know, cool things don't always make the best stocks. So um, it's going to also be cool to see what Palantir is up to and what they uh, will forecast. Uh, Roblox, I haven't just been particularly paying attention to it and that's after close on Monday and that's that's just something that I'll probably look at or glance at. Um, Looking at Alibaba before open on Thursday, that'd be cool just to see what our you know um, our relationship with China is like. <laughs> I don't. I usually get like my China news when Chinese companies report. Like that's when I'm in the headspace to like actually be motivated to look up things. Otherwise, I just always think like, hey, we're we're good. Um, but it's gonna be cool. So looking at what Alibaba reports before open on Thursday, if they crush it, I mean, it's just gonna be good for e-commerce in general. If they don't, then you know, we'll, we'll just see what happens. Um, Airbnb, um, just anecdotally, anecdotally, just for myself, I'd like to know if more people are using Airbnb, are people traveling more, etc., etc. Um, and then of course, I think a lot of people are be keeping their eyes on Walt Disney. Um, because the the latest news that I've been reading about Disney, at least, is that like Disney is taking more and more market share away from Netflix, and that's why Netflix um, tanked so hard in the last earnings. Is that it's becoming apparent that their user growth is slowing down, and that um, companies like Disney are taking a fair amount of market share. 
Like always though, earnings are incredibly dangerous. No matter how confident you are, a company will move in one direction. I promise there will be someone justifying why it moved in the other direction. And it will move in the direction that you don't want it to move and then you will get your feelings hurt. So the best way to not get your feelings hurt in this scenario is to play with only what you can actually afford to lose and not get tilted. And please, please rethink that double down because you want to keep earnings plays as those you want to keep them as earnings plays um, if your earnings play does not work cool you lost whatever you're done if your earnings play wins nice you got out with a good chunk of change cool let's get take off the table and continue trading how we normally do um, earnings should be treated as like treats not so much like a normal diet right like you want to have fun you know dabble in some like extra risky things during a particular time uh, and then you probably want to be doing that if you're already doing really awesome right like what's what's a hundred dollars of your ten thousand dollar profit if you just want to have fun playing earnings but if you're say for example down eight thousand dollars for the year and you say oh you know what i'm just gonna put in 2k more uh and then hopefully that turns into and flips into 4k and then you know uh, i'll make up some of my gains or make make up some of my losses well, you know, you put in 2K and you lose 2 more K, you know, you can't just write that off. You can, you're not going to just say like, oh, you know, it's just because uh, X, Y, and Z happened and I would have been right or whatever. You have to think about that particular situation before it happens, right? You don't want to be chasing yourself to the bottom and then having earnings plays be your gut shot. You don't want earnings plays to be the plays that bring you back into the green. It's nice when it happens, and of course you do whatever you want to do, but I'm letting you know it's a recipe for disaster if this is your main plan. Uh, if you're down 8K prior to heading into earnings, you need to reevaluate what you're currently doing and fix that. It's not so much like, oh, earnings are coming up, this is the band-aid that I need, I'm gonna flip a 2K into a 4K option and then bounce. It's not that simple. Uh, it can work out that way, so I don't want to necessarily discourage you from... <laughs> See, this is, this is what it's like to be, <laughs> to be neutral, right? You do whatever makes you happy. Uh, I'm just trying to look out for your max loss scenario, like I um, preach basically on this podcast for 24-7. Uh, but just make sure you're having fun and that, you know, if you are down for the year, maybe take some time to reflect why you're down for the year. And uh, if you're trying to play earnings to make up some of those losses, it's up to you. It's up to you. Uh, the new thetagame.com website updates. I'm just happy to announce that bugs are slowing down. Um, as you know, bugs roll in, I do my very best to get on them ASAP, and quite frankly, I've had time to do it. And so I'm lucky um, that you know people are sending in bug reports with you know details on how to reproduce it, with screenshots. There's we have a lot of tech people on thetagame.com like the way that you guys and girls are sending in these bug reports with the screenshots like wow like i could i i feel deep down in my bones that like we got a lot of really smart people on the platform and i'm just super grateful it makes my job way easier 
And so as I'm fixing these, you know, I'm starting to see less errors being logged in Century. I'm seeing just like less bug emails coming in in general. And it's a good stable feeling. And so uh, just thank you again to everyone that's been sending those and continue to do so if you find anything. Um, but right now I'm working more on uh, visuals for like your profile on Thetagain.com. These include like bar graphs, line graphs. Uh, and a sentiment tracker for my patrons. Uh, there was a sentiment tracker in a previous version of datagame.com before, but it was removed because it wasn't as helpful as I thought it could be. And so just reworking that and re-implementing it has been pretty fun, um, but still on the way. Okay, uh, today's topic is going to be a little different today. We're going to just be talking about one of my losses to give an example of you know selling a stock of uh, something in your portfolio that is red. Of course, the title of this episode should ring uh, a little bit better, but <laughs> uh, today's episode is basically selling a stock when it's red and why and how it can be destructive for your portfolio and um, you know, in other ways, how it can help your portfolio. Um, I'm just going to give one you know, piece of uh, anecdotal evidence that I have and that I have proof of at datagame.com slash Juni. Um, there's going to be many people that are going to say like, oh, you know, you should do this and that, but like who actually has the proof that they can just immediately show you and say like, hey, you know, I tried this and it worked. So this is just, one real life example that you can go see at datagame.com slash juni and then you're going to just control f for arc f and then uh, you'll see the entire history of the trade uh, it was four trades i bought the stock sold two covered calls and eventually sold the common stock for a loss um, so looking at this position uh, i remember this day pretty clearly um, I have it written down here on the log on the 18th of February. I remember when I initially wanted to buy the stock, I wanted to buy like over 20K's worth because at this particular time and still right now, um, I consider most of my plays above 20K uh, in, in terms of capital requirement. Um, you know, if, if I trade Apple, it's usually like two wheels now or if I trade you know, one wheel of uh, NVIDIA, that's 60K, or, um, you know, Boeing, that's like in the 20K range already. I'm very familiar with 20K and how 20K can um, make sense to me in a risk reward perspective. I understood, uh, you know, ARC F has had an amazing run up until then, right? On the February 18th, it was do already doing still really awesome. Um, and I bought into Arc F, and um, I thought like, hey, you know, I should probably put 20k in here because uh, that's just what I'm comfortable with. But I remember taking a step back and saying, you know, I don't know exactly as much about uh, Arc F as I do like Nvidia or Boeing, um, but I do want a piece of the pie. So what I did that day was I said, you know, instead of buying 400 shares, I'm gonna buy 200 shares. And that's why I did. I ended up buying 200 shares at 61.35, and that is like 12k, 
right, that's 12K down on the, uh, the common stock and just laying that ride and then selling covered calls along the way. That's all good. You know, everything was dandy. It, uh, what I justified it as was if the stock goes up on a 12K investment, that's great. I'm making money on my 12K. That's otherwise just sitting cash in my account. Or if it goes down, then I have another 10K or another 12K, basically. I have, you know, much more, but like in that specific example, I was willing to double down. Um, I have 12K more to double down on this losing position in case of that happened. Life goes on, um, you know, and I sell a few cover calls on the, uh, for the 19th of March and the same week expiry of that February week. And I, I'm green on both of those. Um, but then tech started to correct. Uh, the ETFs were getting uh, hit pretty hard. Uh, I remember NVIDIA was getting hit pretty hard at the same time too. Just tech in general was going down. Amazon was going down, Shopify was going down. And it got like low-key kind of scary, right? Like as much as I say like, oh, don't worry about the news, don't worry about this, like price action is still a price action. If you see prices fall through supports, I mean, that's still scary. Um, but I was lucky and fortunate to have cash on the side, so it helped my mindset with just a few more of my positions. But seeing NVIDIA go down, which is my main stock of choice when I trade, like you guys and girls know that, like especially like in the beginning of the episodes, um, you know, for the, like probably like the last half year, I've had NVIDIA in there. Um, and so as tech was correcting, um, my ARC F was falling, my NVIDIA was falling. And I thought, you know, hey, you know, I'm, I'm about to potentially be assigned on this cash secured put uh, for NVIDIA and I'm going to need money to not use margin in this scenario and just buy it with cash. Because I would much rather have um, less margin used than be read on a smaller position just because to me, it feels just cleaner. And that might not make sense in a numbers standpoint, but I like my trading environment really clean. I like... Um, this and this is super just personal experience like this is just my personal preference uh, I don't use that many indicators I keep my logs really clean I don't use that many services if any at all um, and you know just I keep my you know desktop environment clean everything about how I trade I like just having everything accounted for and so a part of that reasoning for why I sold ARC F later for a loss was because of that. I wanted to be fully aware and fully sure that no matter what happened in the next few days of this tech correction, that I will be absolutely be able to afford the cash secured put and then some, right? My mind went from, hey, I'm going to exit out of this ARC F position in order to help my long NVIDIA position. Um, a lot of people might, you know, have a similar experience where they go into like a stock, whether if it's a meme stock or not, but they go into a stock and they start to lose. And then while it's red, they contemplate like, oh, you know what, uh, Palantir just went up 10% today or, you know, Rocket Mortgage went up 20% today. I'm going to sell ARK F for a loss right now and I'm going to put my money into there because that's obviously where the money is going. That is a very destructive behavior putting uh taking out a loss on a volatile position and then putting that loss and then realizing that loss and putting that into a equally or more volatile position 
right? You're just consistently asking to be whipped around in this vicious cycle of ups and downs. Volatile stocks are volatile because they go up and they go down, they go up really high, they go down really low. If you zoom out the graph of a volatile stock, chances are it will look pretty flat. But if you are consistently trading in a range where you are trading on a daily basis, then suddenly the daily graphs become more relevant and the daily graphs are more whippy. You can definitely see more up action, down action. And it definitely depends on what type of trader you are. If you're just a swing trader in general, if, you're, if you call yourself a swing trader, like by all means, this is your bread and butter and this is what you do. But when it comes to like theta gang style trades and because theta gang like kind of puts you in this like mode where you have to respect time, like you, you sell a contract and you're based, you're hooked on that contract for X amount of time, whether if that's a covered call or a cash secured put, it puts you in a different mind frame. Like you can't just like consistently, um, uh, you know, swing trade short options or swing trade written options. It, it doesn't make as much sense to me because it just, there's so much that can potentially go wrong where your losses are either infinite or just like on a huge margin, right? Because when you, when you uh, sell options, your max loss is far higher than if you bought options, I mean, depending quantity and whatever, but general note, that's, that's how it is. Um, but digressing, uh, if you are consistently finding yourself exiting a meme stock um, or a volatile stock for a loss and then putting it into another meme stock, you're going to get your feelings hurt eventually. Maybe it works out for you and maybe you become a millionaire and you look back on this podcast episode and say, well, Junie, you're wrong. Great. Enjoy your million dollars. I think that's really good for you uh, and I wish you the best. But chances are that's not going to happen. And one of the things that you have to realize is that selling stock is okay. Like selling stock for a loss is okay. You don't always have to continually double down. It's just sometimes you have to come to a realization that you need to start protecting uh, your main strategy. Arc F at that particular time was not my main strategy. And I can tell that to you right now because I didn't initially put in the 400 that I wanted to put in the 20K that I normally would for any normal position. I put in 10K or 12K, 61.35 times 200. Um, I put in 10, 12K uh, as like a test. And it did fairly okay for a little bit. It went up, it went down, uh, but then started trading down because of the correction. And so did my main strategy. I wanted to protect my main strategy. And so I sold ARC F for a loss and put that money into either capital requirements for a cash secured put um, or a covered call, or in this case, I put it into, um, uh, it looks like here I put it into long naked puts, um, which won two out of three times. Uh, and then, yeah, I lost $218 on the first one. I gained $415 on the next one and I gained, uh, $685 on the next one. So that's like a net profit of like probably 700 bucks for, the puts that uh, I use the RKF money for. And you know, you don't have to think about it this way where you have to consistently be moving your money around in your stocks. If you have the money uh, available to you, you shouldn't need to sell. I'm just a different individual where like, I don't like um, having all of these different positions open 
Arc F was just a test position. I thought I liked it. I still kind of do. I, I still like Kathy Wood's vision of Arc F, just Arc F specifically. I don't know much about the EV stuff or the other high growth um, Arc ETFs, but Arc F to me um, seems like it makes sense. Um, but at this particular time, my main strategy, NVIDIA, was not doing well. Um, it was, you know, on the brink of potentially breaking down that really important support. And so I needed to make sure my max loss was covered, right? And thankfully right now it's recovered and it's doing well and I'm doing well and I'm grateful for, you know, everything that I've learned and I'm down okay. But out of all that, a selling ARC F was the right decision. You know, ARC F did continue to fall. But I'm not going to say retrospect 2020 and going to say like, oh, you know, I knew Arc F was going to keep falling down because of X, Y, Z. I didn't. I sold Arc F because I wanted to protect my main strategy. And this is where, you know, some of my opinion comes in where I think selling a stock that is red in your portfolio is perfectly okay if it's protecting you either your mindset. And I'm talking about like when you, <laughs> uh, when you take a loss, some losses can just be losses. Uh, but not all losses are lessons. I feel like a lot of people, uh, like especially on Wall Street Bets uh, and Twitter, they say like, oh, this was just a really expensive lesson. It's not. It's a very expensive loss. If you take the loss and you just say like, oh, you know what? Uh, the stock was supposed to go up. My calls were supposed to print, but you know, the market manipulators. That's not a lesson. That is not a lesson. I promise you that is not a lesson because you didn't internalize that, that it was your fault, right? You put in too much and XYZ happened um, and you're not taking accountability of it. So I'd say that's an expensive loss and not an expensive lesson. An expensive lesson is saying, say for that exact same example happened, is like, oh man, I messed up. I put in 10K on a coin flip. Why, when, and when in any other scenario would I ever do that? I felt really confident uh, and now this time I understand that there's the things that are outside my control for earnings that you know I just won't play next time. Wow, I could have put that 10K towards my first Apple wheel or wow, I could put that 10K and uh, bought 100 AMD stock and sold a covered call and then started wheeling a second uh, 100 of AMD with the premium I received. Like, there's a lot of cool ways you can approach losses. Writing them off as like things that are just like simply uh, out of control because of market manipulators is not a lesson. That is just a straight up loss. Once you start taking accountability of your losses, like I am here, right? Arc F lost me money. I think I can't really do the math. So that's like 6130. You know, I'm just gonna do it live. I'm gonna do it in the browser rate 6135 um, times. To, wait, no, I could do this. 6135 minus, because I only need to do quantity right now, 5415, okay, and then times 200. Yeah, $1,400 in losses. So, you know, not a huge loss um, by any means. My account right now is sitting at 185K, and so 1400 out of 185K is a point zero zero wait i'm gonna times that by 100. no i don't multiply by 100 because i'm dope <laughs> wait no do i multiply by 100 i multiply by 100 it's 0.75 percent of my portfolio 
I do multiply by 100 because math is hard. Um, so that was a loss of 0.75% of my account. I'm roughly probably like 8, 9% up for the year. And so, you know, keeping my losses small was definitely a, a thing that I considered. I wouldn't say that's like my, that was my main reason why I sold for a loss. I thought it was really important that I talk about this topic with a example about myself because I feel like a lot of people online will just say like, oh, you know, um, just just don't sell it for a loss, keep it forever, and then continue doubling down. Um, and I think that's a sound approach. Granted that you pick the right stock and you know that the person you're talking to is, you know, a disciplined individual and is very responsible. But, you know, there's there's a good chance that not a lot of people are, right? I think a lot of people in the stock market are actually very reckless. Um, but they're just having fun. And that's great. As long as you're having fun, that's cool. Um, but just making sure that, you know, that I'm not sounding like I'm on a soapbox. Because it does happen to me, too. Um, I feel like there's just not enough... Um, of me talking about these kind of moments so that's this is why i'm trying to uh f do something new with today's episodes i want to talk about one of my losses and um haven't had like a huge loss in a while and I, i'm also super grateful for that but you know this is just a reminder like i don't do anything crazy you know complicated i don't do anything complex um and I am on Twitch every Tuesday where I show you my terminal where like you can literally see my profit loss for the year. You can see my account size. Uh, I don't show you my specific trades because that's for my patrons. Um, but uh, I do answer questions. I help people when I can. And uh, yeah, I'm just trying to be, I'm just trying to show face and I'm trying to prove to you that like if I can do it, I'm just a normal person. I promise I'm not like a hedge fund person. I'm not smart like, DFV. I'm not smart like Rudy, the Alpha Magic <laughs> Gathering investor. I'm not. I'm not like CNBC stuff. I'm just a normal dude that was on Wall Street Best before back in the golden eras. I'm talking about J Nug uh, and Moo '90s. Um, and I did a lot of learning. I did a lot of like losing. I did a lot of winning. Oh my God, the wins were huge, but also lost huge. Um, and I'm just basically outlining everything I'm doing. Uh, and today was just one of those lessons that I, you know, just learned is like, hey, you know, retrospect, I would have probably rather have stayed in and continued doubling down. And, you know, this should mean more because ARC is actually lower than where I actually ended up selling at. So I sold ARC F at... Okay, uh, that took way too long to organize the numbers, but yeah, sold uh, Arc F my 200 shares uh, for 54.15. Arc F right now is trading at 49.41. So retrospect 2020, like I did a good job in selling it early, but like what have what if Arc had gone up since that moment, right? And so I'm looking at this moment right now and saying, you know, if this was Boeing stock. I would not have sold for a loss. I would have protected that position just like I would have Nvidia and been ready to double down with more cash. But because this position was so new to me, and that um, you know, I like Kathy's vision. I like just the stocks that 
Arc F in particular is more heavily invested in. That's like PayPal and Square. Uh, and then I liked having exposure through that. Um, and just, I'm proud that I went in with 12K initially, so that minimized some of my losses. Um, and proud that, you know, I'm able to look at this moment and say, hey, wow, I'm glad that I uh, was able to sell earlier uh, because I'd be down another $1,000 on top of this. But retrospect is 2020. Um, but then looking at this stock one more time, uh, as if it was Boeing, things would have been different. And so this was me uh, having bad timing on my end, right? Like if, if ARC had, is, had been doing well or started trading flat, like I'd still be in ARC, but because of that tech correction, it spooked me, kind of like slapped me back into reality. And now um, my arms are spaghetti. <laughs> Um, uh, but yeah, <laughs> oh my God. All right. All right. Okay. Um, anyway, that's a little bit of insight into, you know, one of my losses and what I've internalized, um, is that like, Hey, uh, whenever a, a, a riskier stock that you particularly like comes up, put in half and if you make money on that half then be happy about it otherwise save the other half for when things go bad in this case things did go bad i minimized my losses by only putting in half i sold the half for a loss and then i used the remaining uh capital and cash for to help my nvidia position so that's it uh, thank you for listening to this week's episode i thought you know this was a good exercise in talking about you know uh, my trades on my profile um, I think I'll do this more often if you know some of these trades like some more of these trades pop up um, but you know from how things are looking at right now there's not much to talk about because I don't like talking about wins wins I feel like everyone wins eventually or everyone has wins to talk about but the losses are where, where you learn and again remember uh, learning from your losses is entirely different than just having or stating that a loss is a lesson. You need to take a look at you know your trading profile or your trading spreadsheet you have on your computer and really ask yourself like, wow, these losses, like what was I thinking and uh, how can I prevent that from happening or how can I mitigate those losses or what can I change to make this strategy work? I think it's something very healthy to do, but something very boring. Um, but how bad do you want it? Okay, you can follow me on Twitch at RealThetaGain. You can follow me on Twitter at RealThetaGain. You can email me at juni at thetagain.com. ThetaGain is proudly partnered with Tastyworks, and signing up with the ThetaGain referral code is a huge help. That's ThetaGain, one word, all caps. Thank you so much. Let me go ahead and bring up the patron list. Um, how's everyone doing? How's, how's everybody doing? 
I am doing well. This month is just a little bit busy, but we'll get back get into that after the list. I want to say thank you to uh, Bingo Bango, Majadir, Mike D, Slow Motion, JCN, Malap, Yegmark, Can't Make Money, IRL, Onier, Boop2865, Mitch Ray7, J Train184, Craig Thomas, GJ Wilson, McFly, Statistic Random, Tom Thomas, Mr. In- Integrity, Drevy, Finney Piz, Island Bell, Wheaton, Soups Mojo, Na, Oda, Cheese, Maltman, 1856, Chivanis, M. Hayden, NM, La Little, Mr. Sneezy, Menel Dundun, Grand Five Ninety Five, Gorlami Salami, Leo Jetson, Johnny Five, Fancy Wolf, Peace, You Need the River, Just Send It, Will Guy, Norfis, Viri, Bat Trader, Chicken Dinner, RR Dine, Ober, Slava Litvin, Ivan Yurganov, Red Green Blue, Roadster Ninety Nine, Desencia, Taco Tuesday, Options Test, Lord Skeletor, Radovan Nineteen Eighty Six, Lazy Reservist, Jester, Crispy Cream Boy, Hermes Kaput, Rusty Your Shifty, Ag, and Ansys Eighty Eight. Holy moly. Yeah. That's it. Um, nothing really in terms of family stuff to report on, other than the fact that I'm going back home in, on, in June uh, to visit my parents. Uh, I'm going to visit my parents for like a week and a half again, so that's going to be nice. Uh, if you haven't gotten a chance to see... Uh, I posted my orchid on Twitter, the one that, you know, uh, I said that I would start raising. Yeah. Uh, and it's bloomed, so that's awesome. Or it's one of the new buds have bloomed. Um, started learning piano. I'm getting pretty decent playing with both hands at one time and getting more comfortable with it, so that's cool too. I had recorded a good chunk of... Uh, me just talking about a future annual subscription but talking about it I feel like I want to keep it uh, to myself just a little bit longer more details about an annual subscription to thetagain.com outside of Patreon Um, just like a small hint it's going to be with crypto Uh, but uh, yeah um, I'll probably be talking about it in June just didn't want to bore you guys and girls that wait this long with just like more details on basically like a subscription plan. I feel like that's kind of whack, um, but I'll have a concise way of uh, bringing it up at a later date in June. Um, other than that, just super grateful to be talking on this podcast. Also super grateful to, uh, you know, I complain about it all the time, but just being busy. Um, if you're busy, you're pretty lucky because there's, you know, there's people that care about you enough to keep you busy (laughs) it seems kind of seems kind of morbid but also like it's sad but i guess that's what the definition of morbid is sad happy happy sad um but yeah being busy is a good thing i'm trying to internalize that more um but but also more specifically being busy with things that aren't work right like if uh, someone wants to spend time with you that is good time to be had if you want to spend time with someone that is amazing time to be had um you know family stuff can be uh you know stressful but you know just the fact that you have a family to go to that you can be stressed about is pretty cool in the first place if you ask me um and if your stresses include only uh you know your mom nagging you to say like come home early (laughs) i'd say you're in a pretty sweet spot um, health is super nuts. Oh, you know, here, why don't I talk about this? Um, 
I have been on like a health binge. Like I've been really trying to figure out and get be comfortable with like my health. Um, that includes, uh, you know, figuring out like where exactly I can go to the dentist, where I can go get an eye exam, um, getting an SED check, getting my health general checkup, like getting everything checked. I want to know everything about me. I want to know my blood type because I, quite frankly, right now I, I still don't know my blood type. And so getting all these checks, getting everything ready for me to say like, for it to say like, you're good on this, you're good on this, you're good on this. Um, and then I also want to do like that fitness test where like they strap that um, like hose, uh, that oxygen measurer thing to your face and then like you run on a treadmill and you get to know your lung capacity and all that stuff. I want to know my exact body fat content. Like I am all about just health right now. Um, of course, you know, trading stocks and everything will still continue because that will fund a lot of this leisure finding about myself stuff that I'm going to be doing. Um, but that's, that's, that's where I'm at or that's what I'm currently been up to is that like, I'm trying to figure out more about myself. And then, um, I looked up a skate park around where I live now because I just recently moved. So that's cool. Um, and, uh, taxes still in the midst of doing taxes, which kind of blows cause I gave my tax account and like everything really early, but they're still not done. Uh, and I can't relax until they're done. <laughs> it's just how I operate. Um, and then also looking at tattoos. I think uh, getting a few small tattoos is just something that I've always wanted to do. And so I'm going to be trying to get that. And um, yeah, more to come. Thank you for listening. And I'll see everybody next week.